Hey, this is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And if you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsis. He's prepared to ignite. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. If we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. And I want to welcome you to this today's session. It is a mashup, and it's a fantastic question that I'm asking my three guests in today's session. And I'm going to get to that very soon. But if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, come along and join those Platforms, love to see you there in the tribe or in the community for sure. All right, team, three wonderful guests. In fact, three entrepreneurs. And I'm asking them the same question. Hey, who's your favorite leader and why? And so I have Mike Hancock, Dave Gambrell, and Nick Cree. So three wonderful people who are entrepreneurs, who've got a great amount of experience in business and have worked in corporates themselves but also are now entrepreneurs and their own businesses in their own right. So I'm going to hand it over to them in the smash up. Mike is from episode seven. Dave is from episode eight. And Nick is from episode 10. Team, sit back, relax, and enjoy this mashup. So Mike, who is your favorite leader? Now that's somebody who's alive or somebody maybe from history. So who's the favorite leader and why? That's a tough question. Because I'm tending to lean to politics on it. And that's a no-go zone, as you, as you know. So I can definitely say I've got some very unfavourite leaders in the political field. And at the moment, they're ones that most people think are very good. And the ones that probably most people think aren't very good, I tend to think are doing some pretty cool work. But I would say that my most favourite leader probably of... All time is probably Alexander the Great. Okay, and why? Why, why Alexander now, the Great? He is Macedonian, Dennis, not technically Greek. So, you know, you might I argue that point. but <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm getting over that. My new book, Conscious Leadership, which came out a, about a month or so ago, as, as you know, and, and thanks, thanks for buying it. The very first chapter, the introduction on that was on Alexander the Great, and it was on his humanity really with Darius of Persia. And Darius really thought that Alexander was a flea in his, you know, on the dog. And he really thought that he was going to be able to get rid of him. And the first time that they fought, you know, Alexander brought about 20,000 people. Darius had 100,000. And Alexander just turned his whole army to toast. And Darius ended up running away. And 
the humorous thing was that he ran away, Darius left all his gold, which he was dragging around with him, all his wives and his children, which he was dragging around with him. So Alexander got his family and got everything. But instead of killing all those people, which you see in, you know, like Game of Thrones and, you know, the, the Tudors and everything like that to, to get rid of them, Alexander basically said to the wife, and he got Darius's mother, you know, you are a queen and you are the king's mother, so that hasn't changed, so you will now just be a queen in, in my realm. And so he treated them all like royalty. He, in, in fact, treated them better than Darius had treated them. And he treated any of the army that wanted to come and work for him in the same way, treated them reverently. And so when he fought Darius the second time on the plain of Arabella, which is now in Syria, just near the, the border of Turkey and, and Iraq, this time Darius brought out a whole lot more people. Alexander had, you know, a pretty mixed up army by that stage. Again, he, he slaughtered everybody. And then when Darius ran the second time, Alexander, of course, chased him. But Darius had a revolt. And one of his generals, who was really unhappy and wanted to take over Persia, killed Darius. So when Alexander found the body, he wasn't rejoiced, he cried. And he took the body to Babylon, which was a long way, and buried it with full royal honours, as a king should be buried. And then he hunted out that general, and he delivered that general to Darius's mother, and they had him tied between a few trees and torn to pieces as his justice. Now... Later on, after Alexander had conquered all of that and done all of that, he actually, he did what a lot of people do when they get to the top, he self-destructed. But I think when you ask me the question, why is he my favourite leader is because he had vision, he went to places unknown, he could enlist people, people believed in him. I mean, you know, go to Egypt today, the northernmost town is Alexandria, the greatest library and basis of knowledge in the world was in Alexandria, and that's named after him. I mean, so many settlements in the world these days are named after Alexander the Great. It's a shame that it all got to him in the end and he became a drunk and all of that sort of stuff. That's another story. But, but you know, given that he didn't have the internet or anything like that, that's probably a pretty pretty good one. My favourite modern leader was my first mentor, Steve Bielos. I worked with him in corporate and he was an amazing man. I still know him today, 73, and he taught me business and he taught me sales and he taught me a lot about life. So, And he was Croatian, sort of all coming from that region, I think, around the world, the med. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. The next question I wanted to ask you was, who's your favourite leader? Now, this person could be alive or it could be from history. So who is your favourite leader and why? This is such a great question. My favourite leader is actually my dad, mainly because I've watched him navigate some very interesting things throughout his life. And he worked for his entire career, actually, for one company, he worked for uh, AT&T. And I forget how many years he worked there, but you know, he was there as the whole industry went from long distance to cell phones to the internet and to all that stuff and so he really had to learn how to adapt and then he was a thought leader within that community as well and so watching that and then of course trying to lead a family and he has three boys i have two brothers and it just turns out that i also have three boys of my own but watching him navigate that and watching him continue to evolve i think was always fascinating to me and then the things that he would share with us were the things that he would share that he share with his teams and with his 
his people at at and and he would share those things with us as kids and say, hey, here's some things you need to learn or whatever. So I would say that, that he is definitely my, my favorite leader. If you're looking for somebody that you might know, I'm a big fan of, there's a military leader in the United States. His name is Stan McChrystal, uh, Stanley McChrystal. And he's got a lot of books out in the marketplace about leadership. I can't even remember what his most recent book is, but I like the way he's a thoughtful leader. And uh, even though he was in the military industrial complex in the United States for a really long time, he didn't let his thoughts about leadership stagnate. He continually evolved. And as the, you know, the U.S. presence in the military was evolving over time, his thoughts and his, his ideas also evolved. So Stan McChrystal would also be on that list. Yeah, great. So I, li- I like what you say there about the the stagnant, don't, don't stagnate, but also because everything's still moving, right? So we need to yep. continue our thoughts and that. But I love also what you shared about your dad, right? I mean, there's, you know, somebody that you've learned from, somebody who's you know, really precious for you as well. And But being able to learn from them and see how they are as a leader with their own team, but then actually transfer that learnings as well sharing with his own personal team, his, his sons, and that, that's, that's pretty cool to, to see. Yep. So leaders tend to do that. So here's a question for you, Nick, and I, I love what you say about your background there and how you did that and were leading from the front. The, the question I've got for you is, who's your favorite leader? Now, that person could be alive or they could be from history. So who is your favorite leader and why? Well, I, I had to think about that, but I would have to say that my favorite leader – to this day, still is Robin Williams. Mm. So, and and it was uh, it was his role in the Dead Poet Society, where uh, he got. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, he was a uh, he was a teacher, and he was a bit of a a maverick teacher, and he, he certainly didn't go along with the flow. He did things differently, and his whole concept was to get people to see the world in a different way and to think differently, and not to go along with the flow, and not just to accept you know common opinion and common ideas as truth. And I remember there was a scene in that movie where he uh, got the uh, kids, first of all, to rip out the preface of the book there, which had the uh, comments from a uh, prestigious person who was talking about how good the book was, and, and but it really had all their opinions on how to read it. So he says, rip that out, don't even read it, just rip it out, throw it away. And then the next thing he got people to do, the kids to do, was to stand on the desk. The purpose of standing on the desk, he got them to look at the room and he said, now, how does this look? And it was it was uh, getting them to look from a different perspective that they wouldn't normally see things from. So standing on the desk is frowned upon. It's not the sort of behaviour you expect in a public or private school. But uh, you got them to do it to break the rules. And when you break the rules, you um, you realise that the rules are not actually there for any other purpose but to be a rule and then to break them has got no devastating consequences but it has got a real upside and you get to see things that other people don't see so yes Robin Williams I think is is the, my favorite leader I mean he obviously went on and and did good morning Vietnam as well too which was a uh, you know, another movie about Vietnam and the message in there was uh, was good too so I mean it's it's a fictional character that he was playing. But the way he put he uh, put his energy into it, I think, was just uh, fantastic. Yeah, I love that story. You talk about how he got people to to break the rules by standing on the desk and doing something different, but then being able to see things. The impact was they could see a different perspective, and and I think sometimes that's what stops a lot of people is that they are stuck in their ways or they do certain things, but they don't always see a different perspective. And being having someone to come along. And facilitate that to help that along. That's that's really really quite. That's 
you know, I was going to use the word precious. That's pretty special mm. when you can find someone like that to help people see a different perspective for sure. Well, I think so, also that, uh, you know, the, thing, the, the way things are doesn't necessarily mean that's the best way things should be. And it really takes people with uh, some courage, conviction, or, or someone to lead the way to, uh, you know, get people to see things from a different perspective. And I see it all the time on social media. Like I spend my life on social media because, you know, I'm in digital marketing. So, you know, always on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. But you see a lot of the time people are either for things or they're against things. And then when you when you ask for reasoned comment or reason why they have that position, not many can really articulate it. So the only reason why they're for something or against something is that's what they believe. And when, you know, where does that belief come from? Well, that's come from somewhere, but it's not something that's been formed, you know, in their own brains or from their own experience. It's just something they've inherited. So I think that uh, today, more than ever, we need more people to actually question the status quo, question, you know, are these beliefs that we've got, are they valid? Is there any real substance to it? And then maybe there is, and that's okay. But at least I think the the whole point of questioning things uh, is the most critical thing that uh, people could do today. Yeah, that's great. And, and you know, um, questioning it, but also from your perspective, where how does it affect you and what are, you know, what are your values and where does it come from uh, or where does it sit with you is really, really important for, for everybody too. Well, listeners, what a fantastic sharing of insights by Mike, Dave and Nick who are three entrepreneurs sharing their thoughts and their insights based on the question, who is your favorite leader and why? And trust that you got some really good insights out of that kind of that episode. And you know what? If you want to check out their episodes, Mike Hancock is on episode seven. Dave Gambrell is on episode eight. And Nick Cree is on episode 10. And highly recommend that you go and check out those episodes because they are wonderful and you may learn something from them. So I'm sure you will. Hey, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. We would love to see you in those tribes. And team, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Please share them with your friends, your family, your network. In fact, share this episode with three people and uh, get them involved into the podcast. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show or if there's a question you have for me for my guests as I interview them or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. As always, great to be uh, happy with us. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.